Good evening, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and I have something to say. Can we all just sit and appreciate All Might from My Hero Academia and how precious this man is? Listen. I have seen y'all's fan art on Pinterest, and y'all just get him so well. Listen, how the fuck does this man get so happy by someone just giving him a damn sunflower? I just don't understand it. This man is precious. He will always be my comfort character. And yes, I'm showing my weeb, okay? I'm just a weeb, okay? Damn, I'm not ashamed. I am a weeb, and my comfort character will always be All Might. God damn it. (laughs) Okay, I don't know why I needed to say that, but you know what? There you go. You've learned a little bit more of uh, the the Rogue Radio psychopathy. Is that how you say it? I'm a bit of a psycho, okay? Anyway, um, hi. I went on a trip. You guys want to hear about that? Okay, we will in a minute. Yeah, so I went uh, to Cedar Point, which is a theme park not too far from where I live um, in Ohio. It is one of the main attractions in Ohio, and it is seasonal, so I can't go year-round, of course, uh, you know. But anyway, um, fun, fun time. I had a very fun time. Um, there was a there. Are, I can't speak. There was a few rides that I haven't been able to get on since the last time I've been there. I have never gone on the Rougarou, which by the time we reached the Rougarou, it was shut down for maintenance. The Val Raven I wasn't able to get on because it shut down because of, um, you know, they closed at 8 at the time. But I did ride the Gatekeeper. The Gatekeeper is a roller coaster that um, goes through like two keyholes, like two pillars with two keyholes in them. They go through like two big towers. And, um, it was interesting, um, nothing too crazy, uh, really, (laughs) I mean, to be honest, it, it, there wasn't really, it wasn't really exciting, it wasn't, it really wasn't, um, it was nice though, you did feel like you were flying through the air, um, more so to me, because, um, I feel like with any other coaster, you feel like you are just rolling on a track, which is fine, um, But since the cars were jutted out from the sides of the track, you did feel like you were more like flying through the air. That was the only perk of it. But yeah, um, Keeper's nothing really interesting. But um, there was one ride that I forgot how fun it really was to go on because, oh my god, uh, the Maverick is amazing. So, uh... The Maverick is, it goes through like this whole, uh, barn, kind of. Um, it, you go, of course, up to a top hill and you go rushing through. It's got so many twists and turns, but then towards the end of the ride, you go through this tunnel, which is underneath like the, the barn that you go through. And, um, it stops like it's almost ready to, you know, take you back to the, starting point but then it speeds up real quick and then you shoot back up and you twist around before you go back to the um 
the loading area and leave. I loved that one. That one was my favorite. I love it. I'm not afraid of heights. I have never been afraid of heights. Not since I had ridden the uh, Millennium Force, which is the highest coaster there. Um, I know a lot of you might not know what I'm talking about, but uh, all of you Ohioans do. Um, the Millennium Force is the highest, has the highest hills, like 281 feet up in the air, which uh, I wasn't able to ride, but that's okay. It's okay. I rode a lot of fun-ass shit <laughs> there. Um, another classic, which I find the most fun out of all of them, is the Raptor. And the Raptor... Um, the one thing that I can really say is that it just takes you by surprise. It really does take you by surprise because you go all the way up and it's not really a hill. It's just basically you're just getting taken up and then it just drops and you swirl around and they have a bunch of loop-de-loops and shit. You know, they do a side swipe, which is great. And you're hanging there. Um, they're hanging seats and I love that. That's my favorite one. <laughs> So, um, I would say the Raptor, the Maverick, and then the Magnum, which is one of my absolute favorite ones. It goes 200 feet up into the air. And it's a car. You can sit in the car. And uh, it goes all the way up the track. goes all the way down 200 feet. You can see the whole park, and it's such a beautiful sight. And uh, you go all the way down. Then you have two tunnels which have two hills within the tunnels, which is fucking nuts. And I love that one. Um, The one that I have never actually ridden, um, besides now, which was called Steel Vengeance, which was a wooden coaster. And I can't remember how high that one went, but I'm assuming that it went higher than the Magnum because... um, That one was fucking fierce. Um, It twists you around after you go through this like huge ass hill and you go all the way down. And then you stop. You don't stop, but you just go through like this steady track and then you drop again. You go up a hill again and again and again. You just don't know when it will stop, which is fun. I like that one. That one was fun. It did though almost <laughs> knocked me out of my seat. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That one was terrifying. Uh, a lot of coasters don't usually scare me, but that one did because, um, because I just don't know, man. I think it was because it was early in the year and a lot of people at the, um, coasters, like, making sure everybody was fastened in. Apparently, I wasn't fastened in at first, so they pushed the bar down a little farther and I was like, okay, are we good? Are we good? Pew! Just go all the way up there. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god. At one point, yes, the bar did securely keep me in place, but my feet did leave the floor of the car. It was nuts. Um, I liked it, but I'll never do that one again. That one was way too dangerous. Anyway, um, yeah, that was pretty much the whole day, the first day. Then there's a water park hotel that we had stayed in. It has a wave pool, a water park, jungle gym, and also an indoor-outdoor hot tub, which 
we had gone twice to before we left and went to another hotel. Um, we had ended up going to this place um, called Margaritaville, which was a beautiful restaurant and it like sat um, right next to an embankment. I wouldn't say it was like a river or anything, but it was like an artificial lake probably or a river. Um, and they had like a waterfall right there next to the window while we were eating and it was so serene and they have plenty of different flavors of margaritas that you can choose from and I was like give me a peach flavored margarita because anybody who knows Rogue Radio loves peach flavored things. I'm a peach person. I drank two of those, and let me tell you, Sunshine had a fucking flavor. It was wonderful. I was on my ass uh, by the time uh, we left. <laughs> um, and let's just say, after this experience, I'm not going to be drinking for a very long time. Just because, oh my god, I almost got sick. It was, it was bad, but it was fun. It was fun. A lot of fun. Um, I did get sunburnt. Um, because, you know, how pale I is. <laughs> Even when I come prepared with spray-on sunscreen. Mm-mm. Rogue Radio has to be burnt like a lobster. So my face and my arms are mostly, you know, sunburned. It's not as bad as the last year where I had been burned very badly twice by the sun. And I am so glad that I, my skin was fully healed after that. Nothing went wrong so um but yes that is my trip fun fun time i had a lot of fun and uh hopefully i just hope that you guys are able to take a break and have a vacation too because it's worth it it's worth to gift yourself a nice vacation Anyway, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to contact me down on the links below. But you know to wait because you know I'm a lazy ass. But uh, get yourself some merch. Get yourself some merch. You know what? I won't be a lazy ass today. I'll definitely copy and paste everything into the description below. All right? For ya. For you. For you. Anything, my renegades. Anything. Jump into the trenches with me because uh, I'm sure we have... I have missed a lot. You guys probably haven't, but I'm pretty sure I've missed a lot over the vacation time. So, let's just get into it. I'm really perky. I don't know why. <laughs> Let us just wipe our faces with the dirty-ass rag politics. Let's go. I don't know why I had to say that. But, yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I did that. I don't have a story yet. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to tone it down with a little bit of a serious note here. Um... Apparently, we have they have procured the Tennessee church's shooting, like the shooter's manifesto, I'm guessing. Um, I know there was another uh, shooting, which I'm going to have to figure out 
which one because a lot of the time because I, I don't usually um, look at the regular news on the television I'm usually out of the loop I don't watch the news on the TV or anything like that so um, I will definitely go ahead and cover that one as well because I know there was one that was recent and I don't want to leave them out either but uh, this one is about the Tennessee shooting that happened not too long ago so um, the Nashville judge obtains Covenant School shooters uh, unredacted manifesto. So they didn't redact it. That's interesting because usually if um, there's some like sensitive uh, content, um, they would redact it from the public eye because I don't. I don't like this in a certain sense because the press does control a lot of the information that we receive and this is one of the examples of why. Um, I do understand that, that the press want, or at least some people in the press who are, who mean well, they want to be able to maintain the integrity and maintain like the, the minds of the people. Um, especially when it comes to the news. So there's a lot of like gray area of what is necessary for us to know and what is necessary not for us to know, which I'm kind of on the fence about because if it's really something that we truly don't need to know, it would have to be very gruesome, disturbing, and violent for us not to know. Because I do feel like a lot of the time when it comes to social media um, or just media in general, um, there's already a lot of stuff that we do take in, whether we notice it or not. Um, there's a lot of violence and sexual deviancy that we absorb on a daily basis, whether we know it or not, um, with subliminal messaging and even blatant things in your face, like such as like crazy ass murderous Netflix shows or even just news really going at it and saying that this really happened and they did this this and this and all that stuff like the biography of Jeffrey Dahmer like the the that I don't understand that I I just don't know why anyone would want to like worship this man by making a show about him I I feel like anybody who makes a Netflix show about a killer is just waiting for someone to be inspired and repeat the same thing. Um, which I just choose not to cover any type of murder. I do my best not to cover any type of murder or violence that is so disturbing that it would disturb me covering it. Um, I, I hate murder. That's something that I just choose not to cover. Um, but when, when it comes to like something so heavily detailed as like the whole show about Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix and the Ted Bundy episodes on Netflix like no one should really know the real mind of a killer because to me if you go ahead and try to dive into the mind of a crazy person at the end of the tunnel you end up being crazy and that's not what I want for me, and that's not what I want for anybody else. So I understand, like, the press sort of thing, where the press wants to... <sighs> am I recording? I am, okay. So the press, 
I do understand the press withholding some sort of information, depending on whether it's too disturbing for the public, which is fine. But I do think that a select certain of people should know um, the those people who can handle it. And I don't know if that is ever possible, but... Nashville City Attorney submitted an unredacted copy of the Covenant School Shooters Manifesto to a country judge, or for a, for a county judge, to a county judge, on Friday for review after several lawsuits were filed uh, demanding its release to the public. Local media reported that attorneys uh, representing the city submitted two versions of the manifesto, an unredacted copy, and a proposed redacted duplicate. Um, to the Davidson County Chancellor's Chambers for review ahead of a public hearing about releasing the writing scheduled for June 8th. Uh, Two months have passed since the 28-year-old woman who identified as a man who this publication and who this publication is not naming to avoid uh, giving notoriety to shooters, which I love uh, about Daily Wire. They, they won't go out of their way to say the person's name or the killer's name. <sighs> Carried out a mass shooting at the private Presbyterian school uh, that left six dead, uh, including three nine-year-olds. The victim's names included Evelyn uh, Dayekis, um, Hallie Scruggs, William Kinney, Cynthia Peake, Catherine Kuntz, and uh, Mike Hill. Um, Metro Nashville police officers shot and killed the shooter just minutes after the authorities received the first call, according to a previous report. Uh, federal and local authorities searched the property of the fem- or yeah, of the female shooter where they found five laptops, a suicide note, two memoirs, five Covenant School yearbooks, and seven cell phones, according to a search warrant. Why was this person looking through five yearbooks? That's what I want to know. Because not to be an investigator or anything, but that just kind of stands out to me. Oh, my my legs. Okay, give me a second. I gotta charge my phone. And yes, you're going to hear everything because I don't want to not record. Anyway, that certainly does stand out just because of how this person was basically searching for something. This person was searching, the shooter was searching for someone. And that certain some there or wasn't there. So, I don't know whether that person that they were looking for was there at the church when they shot and killed uh, that many people. But it does sound like that person had a grudge. And the fact, or the reason why I believe that is because they were looking through the yearbooks. They were trying to find somebody. So, that makes... That makes some sort of sense. It's not okay, but it does make sense um, that they would look through yearbooks. But then again, you know, I could be wrong. I don't know how, but... (sighs) And a suicide note. Everything else. See, I'm thinking out loud while I'm just...
just walking around. Anyway, let me plug this up real quick and let me continue. Um, I'm not very good at doing two things at once. Sorry. Why can't my outlet just do what it's supposed to do? Ow. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Anyway, Nashville police previously denied the Daily Wire's request for a copy of the manifesto or diary citing the investigation as an open case uh, and told the Daily Wire to send another another request once authorities closed the case. Nashville police uh, signaled earlier uh, this month that authorities would release the manifesto recovered from the shooter's vehicle until pending uh, litigation further delayed the process. Due to pending um, litigation filed this week, the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department has been advised to counsel or advised by counsel to hold the Abiance and the release of records related to the shooting at the Covenant School uh, pending orders or direction of the court. Um, the department tweeted on May 3rd. Uh, Metro Nashville Council uh, member Courtney Johnson described the shooter's manifesto as a blueprint on total destruction which keeps one high-ranking police officer up at night, according to the New York Post. See, just by hearing that, I think it should just not be at all, you know, released. Um, Johnson said that the chilling level of detail in the, in the plan was being used as justification, justification to withhold it. Um, that document in the wrong person's hand would, uh, astronaut would be astronomically dangerous. Um, county and city officials are scheduled to hold a status conference and on May 18th to discuss plans for the June public hearing. Wow. Okay. Okay. There was a, a shooting in Texas, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about that as well. Okay, so here we go. Um, Texas mall shooting updates what police found after search warrant issued. Eight people were killed and seven others were injured um, when gunmen opened fire at an outdoor mall north of Texas, or Dallas, Texas, on Saturday afternoon, officials said. The alleged gunman died after a confrontation with police at the Allen Premium Outlets, um, police said. So, let's see. The Texas Department of Public Safety released the names of the adult victims killed on Saturday, on the Saturday shooting. They were identified as Kyu Song Cho, 37, um, of Dallas, Cindy Cho, 35, of Dallas, Christian LaCour, 20, of Nevada, Texas, um, Elio Cumana Rivas, um, 32, 
of Dallas. Um, and Aishawarya Thatikonda, 26, of McKinney, Texas. So uh, I apologize for mispronouncing any of those names. Um, was not intentional. Investigators said three unidentified minors, ages 3, 8, and 11, were also uh, among those killed. What police found after a search warrant issued. Um, ABC affiliate WFAA was uh, obtained or has obtained a search warrant. Uh, return listing what was found by investigators at the suspect's home. Among the items were three boxes of ammo and loose rounds, um, a knife and a holster, two holsters, and a silver-colored handcuff. Or a silver-colored handcuff, Jesus. Um, According to the search warrant listing obtained by ABC affiliate WFAA. Wow. And that's that's it. Um, I don't know why ABC News has decided to make it so small. Okay. Biden has lost yet another screw to keep himself together. Apparently... The man has also forgotten that he's also fucking white. Anyway. Um, yeah, let's just get into this shit. Biden says white supremacy is the most dangerous threat to U.S. in commencement speech at historically black college. Well played, dumbass. President Joe Biden uh, ginned up radical tensions at the graduation ceremony for Howard University on Saturday, claiming that America's greatest threat comes from the for- comes in the form of white supremacy. Um, I don't understand why he always has to talk about white supremacy or saying that if you don't vote for him that you ain't black. Uh, when it comes to encountering, like, predominantly black or African-American uh, crowds. Don't understand that one. Um, but then again, you know how the government is. They like to cater to certain people in order to gain the upper hand of control. To keep people divided. The more divided we are within race, creed, uh, rank, and all that other shit, the, the more control they have. And that that's my opinion on the subject. But, um, Joe Biden <laughs> is stupid. Anyway, um, Biden gave the commencement address for the historically black college and university AB, or I'm sorry, HBCU at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. In the speech, the president took a pessimistic view of America's fight against racism, claiming that it is a battle um, that's never really over. Uh, then Biden told graduates, uh, to be on guard for what he views as the greatest threat to our nation. The most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And yet you asshole who is white is letting in thousands of migrants who are involved in 
sex trafficking, drug trafficking, and our convicts. Some of them, anyways. I'm not going to say that all migrants are evil. I'm just saying they need to be fucking screened. They, their backgrounds need to be screened because there's a reason why all this shit is happening. There's a reason, okay? He is a white supremacist. What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say to that? Like, how am I supposed to say, like, hey, you know, Biden... You know, you're a good, you're not a good fucking president. You're a white supremacist. You want to know why? Because you do your best to cater to other races that aren't even bringing up the fact that there is a race divide within the nation. There always has been. Even after the Civil War, people have, there's always been a group of people that have always hated each other because of their fucking skin. I don't think it'll ever go away, but I do think that it is stupid to fucking fight about the color of your skin or even have some sort of white supremacy or white privilege or any type of other fucking privilege that you are able to pull out of your asshole and say that it is an issue. Um, It shouldn't be because I look at my brother, my sister, black, and who is white, I love them. Regardless of their color, they will always be family to me. They will always be family to me. There is no reason why I should look at the skin that they have and say whatever fucking racist thing would ever. There would be nothing, really. Because I can't even think of a, a fucking thing to even say to someone who is my family, who is my friend, who is my acquaintance, my co-worker, and say some sort of racist shit. I couldn't. Because I don't see people that way. And neither should anybody else, really. Because to be honest, we all bleed the same. You know that there's been a lot of people that that have been talking about that analogy, saying that we all bleed. It's true. It's true. If you mixed um, an African-American's blood with my blood, okay, You wouldn't really know the difference unless you decided to go ahead and decide to go ahead and do something with it, like, scientifically. You know what I mean? But by sight, you wouldn't be able to tell it apart at all. Okay? I'm saying that race is the most stupidest issue to bring up. I'm sorry, but that's just me. If you have a problem with that, I I don't know how to apologize for that. Anybody who is black, white, gay, straight, transgender, anyone who has a difference contrasting to mine, I don't see you as what you have been labeled as. I see you as a soul trying to go through life as best as you can, okay? When it comes to politics, when it comes to um, stuff like this, you know, right now, the issue of race has become a political thing. That's the reason why I talk about these things. When it comes to politicizing things such as transgenderism, being gay, or even being black or white or patriot, conservative, liberal, democrat, whatever you like to call yourself, it has if it has been politicized, I will most definitely talk about it and how stupid it shouldn't how shouldn't Oh my god, how it shouldn't be politicized at all. Because everyone has differences. There's no getting around that. There's not ever going to be a way that all of us are going to be like-minded. Because all of us 
are different. And that's what makes us, us as a whole. Like, I don't know what else to say. Race is the stupidest thing anyone can fight over. It's dumb. It shouldn't happen. Okay? And I am so sorry, okay, that there has been a time in history where wars were fought over the color of someone's skin. Okay? I don't know how to fix that. But am I embarrassed by it? Yeah. It was the stupidest thing to ever fight over. Why are we enslaving other people? Why are we enslaving other people at all? Why is this a part of history? Why did this have to happen? Because now... I mean, I've been taught that America's been a melting pot for years. That's what I learned in grade school. Learned that in like, what, what, what is it called? Sunday Schoolhouse Rock or something like that? Like, I learned that. Like, I learned how a bill is passed into a law by a fucking cartoon, okay? You know, I, I don't see how... I don't see how race should ever be an issue. We're supposed to be equal. I understand that there are so many people out there, like Biden, who want to make race an issue still to cater to certain people. And that's what makes us divided. The more divided we are, the more easily controllable we are. So, the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. No, the the terrorist thing that you need to be talking about is the Tennessee shooter, the Texas shooter. You have not once talked about that. That's white supremacy, okay? Especially the one in uh, Texas. They found some Nazi shit on him. You You gotta nip that one in the butt. You gotta... You can't just throw white supremacy around saying that all white people are racist just because they're fucking white. You can't just do that. Now, if I decided to go ahead and threaten people, threaten their lives, and wear a swastika on my forehead, then you can call me a white supremacist because then I'm proud of being a white supremacist and I'm not. I've never been a white supremacist. I've always been an egalitarian. Everyone's equal. Everyone's fucking equal. Anyway, the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland. I know I keep reading the same line around. Biden told the crowd and responded with applause, of course. Little puppets. Anyway, and I'm not saying this because I am at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. No, you don't. You don't always say it. You decided to say it to cater to the African-American, predominantly African-American crowd that you were addressing to get more votes, however you fucking do that. I I really don't know how politics works most of the time. (laughs) But yeah, no, this shouldn't be happening. But anyway, we're going to listen to this shit. Stand up against the poison white supremacists, I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. Oh. And I'm not saying this because I'm Somebody's a black getting fired. HBCU. I say wherever I go. No, you don't. <laughs> don't say it everywhere we go, bro. 
but it's okay. Uh, the Democrat president also took a veiled shot at his opponent, former President Donald Trump. Uh, let's be clear. There are those who don't see you and don't want uh, this future, Biden said. There are those who demonize and pit people against one another, and there are those who do anything and everything, no matter how desperate or immoral, to hold on to power. And that's never going to be uh, an easy battle. Uh, the president attempted to encourage the graduates by telling them that they represent the future of America, a future that showcases the strength, the strength of our diversity at the center of American life. How can you be diverse when you're labeling every white person a white supremacist? That is not diversity. That is division. That'll always be division. That will always be division. You can't just say you're a white supremacist but we also want a diverse nation. There, the Okay, the nation is already diverse. There's everyone of every color of every background in America. Predominantly, America is diverse. Okay, that's just how it is supposed to be. It's always been a melting pot. Um, yes, of course, again, there has been wars fought about color of their skin, enslaving certain people of a certain color. I understand that. I'm saying that there has always been every person with every color, with every religion, of every background, of every creed, of every type of status, uh, poor, rich, middle class, um, homeless, all of that. Um, that is diverse. Is it ideal for some people to be homeless? Is it di- is it ideal for people to be white supremacists? Which there is a certain amount of white supremacy in America. I feel like that's wherever you go, really. There's always going to be one evil person within a crowd. Um, that's something that can't be stopped. But it's, it is something that we can try to stop. Which I feel is always going to be an endless battle. But I just feel like we shouldn't be pointing fingers at some people who are white and some people who are black, Asian, uh, African. You know what I mean. Like, we're all supposed to be working together. We're all supposed to be together. (sighs) Strength and diversity at the center of uh, American life. Okay. Some Howard students in the crowd, however, still protested the Biden administration's apparent failure to stand up for African Americans, according to Politico. Um, A black child was lynched yesterday. What? One sign read, referring to the death of Jordan Neely on a New York City subway earlier this month. Oh my god, wow. Um, Biden and Harris don't care about black people, another sign read. Uh, Biden concluded by telling the Howard grads that they represent the best of America. I know this, the president said. The oldest, most sinister forces may believe they'll determine American future, uh, but they are wrong. We will determine America's future. You will determine America's future. Um, And that is not hyperbole, okay? All right, cool. 
I, I'm done. I'm done with this nonsense. I'm kind of glad that there were students out there using their voice, which I very highly applaud. Um, everyone's voice needs to be heard. It is time to take a break. Okay, here is some fun stuff, like the random section <laughs> of the podcast. I hope you guys really like these, because I do. But, um, I've heard about people's eye color being a window to their soul, right? Their eye color. Also, it's about their personality. I like personalitists. I like them very much. It kind of makes you think. Um, so brown colored eyes. Brown eyes are common yet deadly. Ooh, okay. Brown eyes indicate character, success, love, and fame um, are possible despite your sensitivity, your trustworthy, medium brown-eyed romantics. Oh, okay. Nice. This is like a little slideshow. So blue eyes. I have blue eyes. Actually, actually, I have central heterochromia. So technically, I have brown and blue eyes. Yeah. I have brown or a lighter brown on the, around my pupil and then a blue for the rest of it. But blue colored eyes are beautiful, but not hypnotic? Fuck you. <laughs> uh, nice blue eyed people, please. Uh, can you make, can make you do anything? Okay. Um, oh, they're, they're saying like, if I say please a lot, I'll make you do anything. Like, am I just, am I that compelling? Um, be alert. Blue-eyed people are pain-resistant. The room's most pain-tolerant. Interesting. Because I certainly cried when I, <laughs> when I fell down the stairs and broke my ankle, bro. Um, blue eyes, uh, might lead to selfishness. Uh, you may be self-centered, which may make you, make your spouse uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, no. Black eyes. See, I've never seen anybody with black eyes, and it kind of makes me think of the black-eyed children, which I never want to experience. I never want to see anybody with black eyes. I'm sorry. If you're a real person and not a black-eyed child, I'm sure you're beautiful, but I don't want to see you. I, it's just too creepy for me. Um, so black eyes. Astrologists, astrologers trust dark-eyed people. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. where this is going. I don't believe in astrology or astrologers. I don't go through the horoscope or anything of that shit because I believe in the pages of the Bible, not what is written up on the sky. Anyway, they keep secrets well. They support um, because they know their duties. Resilient black-eyed folks uh, are strong-willed people at best. Interesting. Okay. Hazel colored eyes. See, I never understood hazel eyes. Isn't it like just like an amber color or something like that? Uh, rare hazel eyes are a plus. Brown, gray, hazel optimists have these eyes. You provide your best. Uh, you're also comfortable failing. Oh, that's interesting. Um, hazel eyed folks are temperamental. Their tempers make it hard to stay together. Um, even if you're innocent, these people's secrecy makes one suspicious. I think it's just because of how mesmerizing 
their eyes really are. I think that's why. Why? I didn't want to do that. Green eyes. Let me just say, green eyes are pretty hip hypnotic. I'm not gonna. Th I'm not gonna fucking lie. You know, you don't see a lot of green-eyed people, but when you see them, you know, because they hold your fucking gaze. It's like, oh, okay, yikes, you're looking into my soul. Green-eyed artists. Uh, they may chat about love, life, job, everything else, but not, but not potato gold machines. What the fuck? I don't understand this. A comforting them is easy. Clean rooms, cozy clothes, loads of food, and the finest music. Oh, okay. So they're easily satisfied, I guess. Gray colored eyes. Um, his cool tone eyes project strength. These uh, folks uh, handle things gently and wisely. Gray-eyed people are serious. They balance work and love. Gray eyes inspire conversations. However, they typically struggle with overwhelming emotions, thus they make irrational decisions no matter the challenge they prevail. I like that. I liked that. Okay. I enjoyed reading that. It was cool. It was cute. Anyway, um, have you guys ever noticed, because, you know, I love Iceland, and Iceland has a very interesting... Uh, pigmentation uh, sometimes with like native uh, Icelanders their eyes are sometimes just this pure icy blue color and it is the most mesmerizing thing I have ever seen in my entire life um, beautiful there is an actress, I forget her name, Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor actually had violet eyes. She had violet eyes. I actually met somebody a long time ago when I was a child um, who had yellow irises, just gold irises. I could not stop looking at this person's face. The most beautiful iris I have ever seen in my life. Um, you can tell that I look at people's irises a lot. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm an artist and I, I like drawing eyes. I like coloring eyes in and everything. I always try to accentuate the eyes more than anything else in a, in a person's face whenever I draw. That's probably why. As if Ohio couldn't get any more of a fucking twilight zone. Apparently there's a living cloud just hovering over Ohio. And uh, yeah, no, let's just, let's just get into this article. This is interesting. Radar captures a living cloud hovering over Ohio. Photos show they're back. I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> anyway. The weather radar recently captured a strange cloud bearing down on Ohio, but it wasn't rain or hail. Officials say it was a tremendous swarm of bugs. Ew. Ew. Uh, yeah, no, I know what they are. They're either bitches or, um, 
mayflies and i hate those i hate those man um yeah no they're back the national weather service in cleveland said in a tweet sharing the images of a cloud-like formation shifting over a large swath of uh, northern Ohio, nearly covering three counties. Oh my god. Oh yeah, no, they're called midges. Fucking midges, man. Uh, see, Indiana, y'all have ladybugs, we have midges. Fucking hate it all. I hate bugs. I don't like it. The midges are the culprit, of course, officials said. Um, these small winged insects are a species of fly that um, are invading the regional eh, the region in uh, great enough numbers to appear on radar. Neighboring Michigan is also being bugged. Tweet show. Man, see, we get we get June bugs, mayflies, and midges. I think they're probably all the same. I don't know. I, I'm not a big bug expert. I hate bugs, but you know what? Ohioans, lock your doors. <laughs> Make sure they don't come in, because they are the most ugly motherfuckers I've ever seen in my life. Well, okay, you know that I'm a psychology whore, so, or at least most of you do. <laughs> Post-materialist psychology has arrived. Um, I picked up a copy of Lisa Miller's The Awakened Brain because of a long-standing interest in the mystical and transcendental. Um, the idea that a human being can experience certain egoless states I find appealing and reasonable. Humans are able to identify social groups, nations, humanity, and life overall. And these states of identification can come with feelings of awe and reduced awareness of personal concerns and worries. As such, these states can foster or compassion for and collaboration with others. In an earlier post, I argued that the cultivation and experience of positive emotions can be viewed uh, as spiritual, as a spiritual matter, okay? Uh, within orientation, conversations about spirituality may proceed without the need of uh, intraceable and untestable metaphysical assumptions, okay? So... I don't know what the fuck I just read. <laughs> um, but when it comes to like spirituality and the mentality of people, um, I am starting to realize that the line between mental and spiritual are completely blurred. Um, I have um, been trying to do my own research about disassociation and how that may trigger the spiritual realm um, uh, with demons and spirits and stuff like that because I feel like a lot of people who have trauma do dissociate, meaning they stare out into space or they get completed completely disconnected from their surroundings to where they don't feel real, they feel like their surroundings aren't real. Is a very um, interesting phenomena that happens to a lot of people, and some people don't even realize that they do it. So with me personally, I do disassociate, um, 
but it's mostly just staring out into space. Most of the time, while I'm doing this, I am aware that I am doing it. I've gotten to the point where when I do disassociate, it I end up knowing that I'm doing it. And, you know, it just ends up being something that... What, babe? <laughs> Don't throw that at me. I will throw something back at you. But it's it just become something that I've become aware of, and there are times when I do just try to let it go a little farther to figure out what would happen. Maybe that's just my own research <laughs> in play. I don't know. Um, but disassociation to me is very fascinating. It's something that we just say, oh, you know, this person's disassociating, or this person is just staring out into space. Um, but there's so much to it. There's so much more to it, and I really want to dive into that. Um, because when it comes to other mental illnesses, such as like anxiety, fear, um, depression, OCD, schizophrenia, personally, um, well, not personally, but um, there is a YouTuber out there called Alpha Talks with a Z. I don't know where he gets his material or where he does his research or how he researches all of this. It is amazing what he does. Hopefully one day I'll get him onto the podcast to interview. I'm just saying, he would be a very great mind to like pick. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to pick his brain um, because the amount of information this guy has about the human mind that ties to the spiritual realm is incredible. So if you're listening, Alpha Talks, I would love to bring you onto the podcast. Um, we could do it over YouTube. We could do it on the Spotify for podcasters. I'll promote you. You don't even have to promote me. I just love your material. Um, but anyway, um, but Alpha Talks does talk about, um, at least two people who have suffered from schizophrenia and they have I think at least one of them has has tried like some type of psychedelic and this person ends up uh, I wouldn't say he meets a demon but he does see a demon it's a court jester spirit so a court jester um, in historical times would be the one that entertained the royals or the royal court. This role of the court jester spirit has been switched around to where you're entertaining them through your own suffering. So they're literally sitting there watching you and laughing at you. They're completely entertained by the hurt and by the agony that you go through. And, um, I have never heard of a clown spirit. I've never heard of a, um, court jester spirit. I've never heard of anything like that. Um, and I'm still learning, like, what type of, uh, spirits could get tied into, you know, um, different mental illnesses. It's crazy. And, um, I just realized that uh, whenever I was diagnosed with OCD, I was basically diagnosed with deep, deep fear. Deep fear of not being perfect. And um, 
he also talks about OCD as well. And uh, it shed a lot of light on me. And I'm very thankful for that. But anyway, um, we're going to get back to the article right now. I was well aware at the time that the project of spirituality, um, lively pursued at the fringes of scientific conventionality, uh, would stubbornly seek entry into the mainstream uh, science-based discourse on what we can expect from nature. This is where Miller comes in. Miller is a professor at Columbia University who has published evidence-based articles on the relationship between religious and spiritual beliefs on the one hand and psycho and brain pathology on the other. In The Awakened Brain, Miller counts her uh, personal and professional journey, which began with um, training in psych psychoanalysis and cognitive therapy and led to an embrace of shamanism mm, okay well I don't agree but it's okay I mean everybody has their beliefs I guess <laughs> Miller best known uh, I'm sorry Miller's best known research in the finding that self-reported importance of religion and uh, is correlated with the cortical thickness of some brain regions. Um, these findings prompted speculation about the benefits of meditation, mindfulness, and general sensory openness. Clear, casual um, conclusions, as the authors noted, uh, could not be drawn, let alone conclusions regarding behavioral recommendations Interestingly, behaviors of religious observance were unrelated to cortical thickness. So, Miller lodges many reasonable and important compl complaints about clinical uh, practice, especially in hospitals and clinics where sufferers of modest means come looking for help. The psychiatric profession, uh, she observes, all too often adheres to a limited um, mechanistic and ultimately dehumanizing model. Yeah, you're right. Um, there's a lot of big words there, but from what I can take from it, it boils down to there's a formula. There's one formula to fit all people, um, which um, is something that I just highly do not agree with. Um, the one thing that I like about being a recovery coach is that I am not fully educated to be a therapist. I'm not, I, I do get educated on the job. There are seminars that I can go to. There are classes that I have to take and certain licenses that I have to earn. But when it comes to being a psychologist or being a therapist for real, um, that's something that I would have to go to college fully for but um but the thing is is that uh, a recovery coach is basically someone who has gone through you know similar trauma and has recovered and decides to help those who are suffering from the most similar things um and help them recover as well um it's inspiring sometimes to sit and talk with the clients that I have. Um, they are all amazing and they're all different. 
And that's something that I feel like a lot of psychologists and therapists today really need to learn. You guys got to approach people differently. There's not one formula to help everyone. But then again, I mean, to talk conspiracy-wise, they all want us to be ill, to be rich. They want to be rich, and by doing that, they keep us ill. Oops. The care of patients often degenerates into a matter of management and uh, warehousing for reasons the awakened brain can be, in my opinion, rewarding read. Um, As I read on, however, I became increasingly troubled by the author's lack of restraint if conventional what Miller and the peers call materialist science uh, too often fails. Uh, what are the alternatives? A decade ago, Miller and his co- her colleagues published an 18-point manifesto for the post-mod, post-materialist science. Um, this manifesto calls for a paradigm shift in the grounds of the claim that conventional science build, or blinds itself to a host of important phenomena that are presumably um, demonstrable, we're going to say that, with conventional scientific methods, (laughs) yet are inexplicable in materialist terms. Okay, there's a lot of parentheses, excuse me. Along these phenomenas, okay, I, I know you're not supposed to say phenomena in plural, but you know what? It's my podcast. <laughs> the manifesto lists uh, mind effects on matter, PSI, consciousness while dead, and communication with the dead. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. There's no reason to do that. Leave the dead alone. Let them rest. Damn. Leave them alone. See, I'm all for trying to connect the mental with the spiritual, trying to find connections and the origins of why the brain works the way it's the way it is and why it's not working the way it's supposed to. But when you are bringing in uh, psychics, mediums, and also contacting the dead, that's also called necromancy, um, it's not something, it's not for me. It's not, personally, it's not for me. Um, When it comes to stuff like that, I would rather not touch it. I just don't touch that stuff. Um, But everything else, like, I just, I do my research and I do my best to make sure I look on websites that don't promote witchcraft or magic or psychics or mediums or anything like that. Because that, if I learn from the wrong source, that hurts my soul. Um, So I have to be responsible with that. But most far-reaching is the claim that mind is not produced by brain matter, but rather it is uh, the receptor of input from a larger collective and perhaps universal mind. Or God, maybe? I don't know. Conventional scientists still say that these claims have been uh, sufficiently refuted if they are not... um, prima facile how do you say that prima facie absurdities anyway 
um, so that continuous criticism and review becomes tedious. Yet, advocates of these uh, unconventional views continue to publish reviews of supportive meta-analyses and collections of stories. Uh, They will, in my estimation, continue to denounce the conventional framework of science um, as dogmatic and ideological, implying that there is an oppressive interest in keeping dualist and mon or non-materialist ideas. Quit using big ass words, man. <laughs> anyway, at the same time, these advocates never tire of uh, claiming that uh, as early as a hundred years ago, quantum physics validated their position, perhaps. Schrodinger's cat, um, it seems to be, still lies in the trunk, waiting to be brought to life or death by those who now, who know how to look. Okay, well, okay, whatever. Um, Miller, it seems, uh, knows how to look at life in a new way. Uh, She liberally shares astounding personal experiences such as being shown by a gaggle of honking geese, how to avoid capsizing her kayak, and being asked by her yet unconceived child whether she really wanted her in this world. Ma'am, how do you ask that question to your child? I mean, I'm not a mom. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you do talk to your baby whenever you're pregnant. But I mean, it's kind of creepy that you're like, oh, do you want to re- do you want to be brought into this world, baby? Ma'am, if you didn't really want it, why did you have sex? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just, why you ask the baby that? It's in fluid. You know what it probably hears? <laughs> Let me stop being a dumbass. I'm sorry. It's probably what it hears, man. The baby's like, what the heck? What's going on? Leave the baby alone. Let it develop, man. I empathetically do not doubt the psycho- the psychological reality of these experiences. They are... Indeed, a testimony to what the human mind can conjure. I do doubt, however, that these such experiences count as evidence for non-materialist aspect of nature. Having reported results from her Columbia laboratory, Miller has softened up the uh, reader to uh, contemplate some more far-out findings I found... uh, what she describes in a 201 page uh, especially striking um, footnote Okay, um, after reviewing research in the healing benefits of human touch wow so that is real cause some people have like the, the love language of touch like that's my that's technically my love language I love to touch like that's my I receive touch and I love to give touch. That's just how I love people. 
Um, but published in prestigious peer-reviewed journal. Okay, there's a lot of parentheses here, man. I'm getting confused. <laughs> but apparently there is a healing touch. That's crazy. That's amazing. Um, Miller seamlessly moves on the remote healing Dr. Jean Achtenberg. She reports used uh, fMRI technology to examine whether healing thoughts sent uh, or sent at a distance might correlate with an ant activation. Sorry, uh, of certain brain functions in the subjects receiving the healing interventions. Um, they did nine out of ten times in this experiment in which the senders were indigenous Hawaiian healers. Um, whether other senders were tried as controls, I do not know. Okay. Nor does Miller report the technical aspects of the study that might be considered before strong inf- inf- Inferences, interfer- inferences were made. Man, I can't. I'm out of practice. It's been a while. <laughs> the study is more fully described in a book from the publisher Shambhala, uh, which specializes in books that present creative and conscious ways of transforming the individual, society, and the planet. Miller's footnote also refers to a paper by Schwartz and Dossie, the um, which reviews claims regarding non-local casual effects such as God help us prayers. Um, proponents of non-local effects tend to focus on the good ones, forgetting if there are there were general principles at work. We should not only delight in the receiving of healing energy, but also worry about harming energy. Um, if prayer and blessings worked, so would, by the same logic, spells and curses, beware of the voodoo you do. And that is very true. A lot of people right now, they're into witchcraft. They're into, they're, they find it very aesthetically pleasing to be a witch. Um, they find it very aesthetically pleasing to play with crystals and all this other stuff. There is a spirituality behind it. It's not fun. It's not something that you should be dealing with. It's not something that you should be letting in your home because when you do that, you do open up a door, a doorway into the spiritual realm and you're inviting demons into your home. Just letting you know. I mean, if you're into that stuff, listen, I I love you and I hope one day you find Christ. But it... That's my take. Hi, babe. Thanks for scaring the shit out of me. (laughs) Uh, Bumping up against books like Miller's uh, from time to time during the 50-year-long journey as a reader of psychological literature has given me more deja vu moments than I care to remember. I cannot assert with religious uh, confidence that prayer, remote healing, and conversations with the dead in which the latter talk back. See, that's the thing. You don't want to do necromancy, man. Uh, with the will be definitely disproven, experience suggests that such claims will continue to be made, though, and that will be believed because they are cool and comforting. They also stroke the ego of the inner rebel 
if one of these claims should earn the stamp of scientific respectability, today's believers can assert that they were early adopters. Until then, they are visionaries. Literally, alas, believers must ask themselves how much they were willing to stake. Will they hire remote healer before consulting the MD and not after the good doctor has failed? It can't hurt, right? All right. There's a lot to unpack there. There was a lot of big words, too. So that took 20 minutes to talk about. My goodness. Listen, I would love to go ahead and talk more and share my thoughts about it. But I think we've gone over the hour. So thank you so much for listening. And I will see you in the trenches next time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you.